I'm going to, um, and we're going to, we're going to go for a Q&A at the end as well, a little question time. If you've got a question or a word of encouragement or something like that, that'll be great. I am going to pray for us, and then we'll get into this next I am statement of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can come together for church today. Uh, it is a privilege and a blessing that we can, um, we can meet and gather. Um, and uh, Lord, we pray for your word uh, that you would... Uh, speak to us today that we would listen. Uh, Lord, help us to keep concentrating and help us to, to uh, follow. Uh, but most of all, Lord, help us. We ask that your word would indeed, um, by your spirit, work in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus said again to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's another big claim of Jesus, isn't it? Now, what do we make of it? What do we make of this claim of Jesus? What do you think? I reckon it'd be fair to say that many people, and probably people here this morning, I would think, whether from their own experience or their own circumstances or whatever it might be, that agree that there is a darkness about this world. That this world is more like, I'm going to quote an old pastor friend of mine, uh, this world is more like Gotham City than Disneyland. Now, are you one of those people? Is that your experience of this world? That this world has a darkness to it? But there's also many people who are... Whether they're under the illusion or not, that this world is more like what Louis Armstrong's saying. It's a wonderful world. Life is good, and only a miserable wet blanket on a Sunday morning would try to think of it, think, make us think otherwise. Um, but the truth is, we don't need a uh, miserable party pooper to tell us, do we? That l the fact is, life itself, uh, the world as it is, will impose its darkness. It's true. The dark clouds will come. If they haven't already. Uh, we might come to this conclusion. Um, I stumbled across this. I'm, I'm a bit of a Loonig fan, you know, those cartoons. And so uh, it reads on the left there, the way life is supposed to be and the way, <laughs> the way life actually, and then the letters are all gone uh, Maybe, maybe that's our conclusion we come to, I don't know. Truth is, we become used to the darkness. We've grown accustomed to it. It's just life is like that, isn't it? You know, although most of, most of us humans don't really realise it, we've actually come to love the darkness. Now, all that sounds pretty strange, really. And if you were someone a few moments ago who are saying to themselves, well, yes, I admit at the moment at least life is pretty dark. If you, had, if you and, and you think of the year 2020, and for many people that's been a very dark year, I doubt you'd be saying in the next sentence that you loved the darkness. Isn't that right? Because truth is, when we become aware of the darkness and the dark clouds do come in, we hate it. We don't like it. When, when tragedy overwhelms us, we scream out, Why? We hate the darkness. When, when evil prevails in this world and, and, and destroys and brings suffering, well, we all hate the darkness. We do, don't we? 
When we become aware of our um, lack of knowledge, which keeps us vulnerable in this world, if only we had a cure for cancer. If only we could understand disease. If only we could get this vaccine sooner. If only we could comprehend mental illness. If only we could understand, well, earthquakes and violence. We hate the darkness, whether it over, whenever it overcomes us. We hate it. And I think we hate it because we continue to search for light in it. And we've been doing this all over the world since Adam and Eve were booted out of the garden. And sometimes we reckon we've found this light, or at least a glimmer of light in the darkness. And so the whole efforts of medical science, for example, nothing wrong with that, of course, it forges ahead and it, and it, and it rolls back, rolling back the darkness of suffering. Uh, education, rolling back the darkness of ignorance. Well, that's the plan anyway. Mixed success there. Uh, politicians and economists, they do all they can to increase wealth, uh, to roll back the darkness of poverty. And sometimes we see success. And sometimes there are, well, there are times in our lives, aren't there? Uh, significant times in our lives when we personally feel some sense of success in rolling back the darkness. So whether you're, you're physically fit, you're finally feeling pretty well physically, you're going, not many aches and pains, uh, no sort of suffering, or you're growing in the knowledge, growing in knowledge and understand the world where you live, you, you've got this sort of life thing. You, you understand it, right? And so you, you think to yourself, oh, this world's not so dark after all. It's okay, we're going, I'm going pretty well. Or, or you become prosperous and you can finally afford some of those things you've wanted to afford. Go on that holiday you finally wanted to go on. Making yourself comfortable, surrounding yourselves with all sorts of goodies and possessions and you're able to make life enjoyable. You know, this world's not so dark after all, is it? It's not so dark. And so we managed to find light in, uh, in the darkness. But as we've read the word of God today, as we read it, as we open our Bibles today and listen and hear Jesus' words, well, that's if we listen to it, if we listen to the words of Jesus. What we learn from experience is that if we open our eyes and look, look around us, the world, the world today, what we see is the darkness continues. That's what we see. The fact remains that the world is in great darkness and we human beings are in greater darkness, greater than anything that I've just mentioned. Poverty and suffering and not knowing, not knowing about stuff, keeping us vulnerable, violence, racism, those things are just symptoms. They're just a bitter taste that points to something much greater. So, folks, here's my prayer today, is that in a few moments we'll, see, we'll all see just how great that darkness is. And then we come to these words in verse 12. We read these remarkable words of Jesus Christ. He says, I am the light of the world. See, here's the claim of Jesus. That the darkness of this world is such that advancements in 
medicine will not overcome it. That education will not overcome this darkness. That social politics or economic policy or increased prosperity will not overcome this darkness. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So this morning, I'd love us to understand what an incredible claim that is. And I want us to ask this question. I want to ask you whether you believe it or not. Whether you believe Jesus is the light of the world. So let's have a look at these... these, um, Let's have a look at the, these, uh, this verse in a bit more detail, and then we'll, we'll move on. These words of Jesus in verse 12. Notice that he doesn't just say, I am a light for Christian people to light their way. You might have seen the old torch in a dark room, the candle in a cave. Well, the problem is it doesn't really cut it with what Jesus is actually saying. He says, I am the light of the world. The whole world, not just for Christians to help them along their way. And nor does Jesus say, I am one of many lights shining in the world. No, no, he says, I am the light of the world. So today, let's see and understand how significant these words of Jesus are. That to the medical researcher, who is at the forefront of knowledge and discovering things they've never seen before, found before, searching for that elusive vaccine, say, and how she senses that, that, that she is rolling back the darkness. What does Jesus say to her? She says, I am the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. To the educators, seeking to raise the level of knowledge in their students as teachers slave away at this, what does Jesus say? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. To our politicians who strive to make a better society, or at least some of them do anyway. Um, <laughs> what does Jesus say to them? He, he says, I am the light of the world. To the businessman or businesswoman who works to generate wealth, and not just for themselves, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. That's not just what Jesus says, though. Have a look at verse 12 again. He adds a promise. The promise is, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, so what does he mean? Does he mean then that if we follow Jesus, nothing bad will go wrong? No suffering? No not knowing? No poverty? No darkness? Well... Not here, in verse 12, not now, but eventually that is what Jesus is saying. That whoever follows me, forever and ever, they will find that they are not in darkness, but will have the light of life. So friends, this is what Jesus is claiming. This is what he's claiming. He's actually claiming to be the ultimate solution to the darkness of this world. The ultimate solution to the darkness of life. Now, here's the big question. Can you believe him? Do you believe him? He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Do you believe that? Good to see a few nods. 
Let's have a look at verse uh, at chapter 8, because there are, the there are some Pharisees here listening into Jesus. And look at verse 13. Verse 13 tells us that they wanted to challenge him. And they said, here you are, appearing as your own witness, your testimony is not valid. Now, the Pharisees know a bit more than we know, right? They knew that Jesus' claim was even bigger than what I've suggested so far. They knew their Old Testaments, and they knew that when the Old Testament speaks of light, well, when the imagery of light is used, it speaks of God. So, a couple of examples. Psalm 27 uh, starts like this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Uh, time and time again in the Old Testament, God's word is described as a light to illuminate. Uh, Psalm 119, God's word is a lamp for my feet. And there's the prophet Isaiah who speaks of someone who, to come who would be a light to the nations. And so when Jesus says, I am the light of the world, imagine those Pharisees or the little... Little ears prick up, their associations come up, uh, plus some other things I've been talking about too. And so this was an enormous claim, an enormous claim. Now, they may not have been entirely clear on what Jesus meant, but they knew, they knew enough to know that Jesus was claiming something pretty extraordinary and it needed to be challenged. Because, you see, there's a problem with this claim of Jesus. Do you know what the problem is? There's a problem with it. Why would you believe him? Why would you believe him? The Pharisees say, how can such a claim be believed when it's made just by Jesus himself? I guess the thing is, anyone could come up and, you know, anyone could stand up the front here and make the same claim, couldn't they? Someone comes up and says, I'm the light of the world. They could stand up and say the words just like Jesus said it. So why should we believe Jesus and not someone else standing up here? Why is Jesus more believable? Now, the Pharisees understand this, right? They do. And so in verse 13, they're thinking about, well, actually, they're thinking about what happens in their legal system, in their courts. And it makes sense. You, you can't believe something based on one person's testimony. Now, it's got to be backed up by some, someone else. Uh, just like in a courtroom, you wouldn't just believe they're innocent because they said they were. No one's going to no do that. Why would we believe Jesus just because he says what he says? So I reckon the, the Pharisees, I reckon their challenge is fair. Why would we just believe it? Because he says it is. He says that's true. And I reckon the Pharisees are challenging Jesus in a way that a lot of us have, or maybe some of us would like to. Why would you believe Jesus? Where's the evidence? I'm going to need more than just this claim. This claim needs to be backed up needs to be evaluated. Okay, let's see how Jesus answers this challenge. Have a look at verse 14 with me. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you have no idea where I came from and or where I'm going. Jesus adds claim upon claim, doesn't he? Claim upon claim. He says, my testimony is one of a kind. I'm not just anyone standing up here and making an extraordinary claim. I have come into the wor this world from God the Father. And I know God the Father from whom I've come and to whom I'm going. And I would have thought if that's true, you'd recognise that I know what I'm talking about. That's what Jesus is saying. 
And he goes on to say, if you Pharisees want to answer in your own legal terms, let's jump down to verse 17 now. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. And he says, okay, you want another witness? I'll give you another witness. Here it is. Here's my other witness. Look at verse 18. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Now, can you just imagine the Pharisees at this point? Ah! You notice they wanted to stone him, but he gets away. That comes later. They're pretty cranky, I imagine. So he says, God the Father backs up my claim. That's a pretty good second witness, don't you think? Having God the Father as your second witness? But hang on. Isn't that all a little bit circular? You know, a bit of a circular argument? How does God back up the claims of Jesus? How does he do that? Well, we've got to pick up our Bibles and we read the rest of John's Gospel. Read it. Read the whole of John's Gospel if you, if you want to see this. Read John's account of Jesus' life and see how it was that God backed up this claim. God did this by a whole series of signs. I've got John chapter 6 open there in front of me. It's from my Bible and my desk there. But remember last week? There were two of them. Last week on the bread of life, there was Jesus walking on water to go and meet up with the disciples uh, on the way to Capernaum. There was one. But then before that, there was the feeding of the 5,000. It's probably more like 20,000 because the women and children weren't counted. But let's worry about that another time. Event after event, sign after sign, as we read through John's Gospel, Jesus, uh, God backed up this claim of Jesus. But the one that really counts comes right at the end of John's Gospel, of all the Gospels. It's what happened when they crucified Jesus, when he was put to death and then taken down from the cross and buried and God raised him from the dead. Jesus claimed, I am the light of the world, and then God himself backed up this claim and proved it to be true. Now, what more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? If Jesus is who he claims to be, the light of the world, now just allow, just for a moment, that he just might be, the ultimate solution to this world's darkness, if he were, what would be needed to convince you? Well, read John's Gospel. Read this biography of Jesus. And I'd want to ask you the question, do you believe him? In fact, that's exactly what John asks as he goes through. Do you believe? Jesus asks that question. And if you don't, why don't you? You'd have to have a pretty good reason, I would think. I'm wondering what you're looking for. Uh, what do you expect God to do? Hasn't he done enough for you yet? Now, the facts remain, just like today, there are many people who did not believe Jesus, are just like these Pharisees. And so Jesus said to them, now we're going to jump back to verse 15, he said to them, you judge by human standards... I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I'm not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. I wonder if you can see what he's saying. How is it that you judge Jesus? Well, actually, everyone judges Jesus. We all do, in one way or another. You can't avoid it. Here is Jesus claiming to be the ultimate solution to the darkness in which we live You've got to either believe him or not. You can't sit on the fence with Jesus. So how do you evaluate Jesus? How do you pass judgment on him? Well, here's what the vast majority of our world does. 
We judge Jesus by superficial standards, uh, just like these Pharisees do. See, the Pharisees look at Jesus and say, well, you don't really measure up to our expectations. You're making a claim for yourself, and that isn't good enough for us. It doesn't fit into our legal system. Now, I want to ask you this morning, how do you evaluate Jesus? How do you come to your conclusion as to whether he is who he claims to be? He can't sit in the fence. Right? There's no sitting in the fence with Jesus. You can't do it. Because if you'll live your life on the basis of believing him or not. So you can't sit in the fence. Um, you can't say, well, whatever, with Jesus. You either don't believe him and so conclude he's a liar, or you do believe his claims are true and that'll transform your life. So how do you go about making your evaluation of Jesus? According to your own standards, are are you like the Pharisees? Do you come and look at whatever information you have and whatever understanding of Jesus you have in your own mind and say, well, it doesn't really live up to my expectations, you know, as someone I take seriously. If there's going to be a God, then as far as I'm concerned, he has to be like this. But when it comes to Jesus, in his judgment, and he does judge, his judgment is very, very different. Have a look with me. Look at verse 16. Again, he says, But if I do judge, my decisions are right, they're true, because I am not alone, I stand with the Father who sent me. You see, when we face Jesus, when you face Jesus Christ, you face one another, and Jesus says, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but, but have the light of life. You hear his words. And you pass, and you, well, you start passing judgment on Jesus, don't we? That's what we do. You start evaluating him. But if I've read verse 16 correctly, do you know who ends up judging who and which judgment matters, really? Is it his judgment of you or yours of him? What is his judgment of you? You evaluate him, but he evaluates you. Now listen again to the Pharisees. Now listen to the darkness of their ignorance of not knowing Jesus means not knowing the Father. See verse 19? Then they asked him, where is your Father? You don't know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. See here, friends, here is a real, the real darkness of this world. Do you see it there? Here is the real darkness in which, well, you might be living in this morning. It is the darkest of darkness. It's the darkness of not knowing God. It's living in God's world and not knowing your maker. It's living in God's world and not knowing the one who rules over this world and holds this world in his hand, who has given you everything that you have and to whom you must give an account. To not know God in this world is a terrible, terrible darkness. It's a blindness, Jesus says. And he asks the question to us this morning, are you living in that darkness? It doesn't matter how healthy you are, how sick you are. <laughs> How wealthy or poor, successful, what you've achieved or what you haven't achieved, 
Those aren't measures of how dark life is for you. Are you living in ignorance of God? That's darkness and these Pharisees are living in it. Let's notice one more thing as we close. Have a look at verse 20 with me. Look at the irony of verse 20. Just in case you think that, well, I'm sitting in a church this morning. I've done the right thing. I've turned up. Uh, Jesus speaks these words. While teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Jesus says these words in the context of religious practice. If we put it in our terms, he says these words amongst churchy type people. (laughs) It was in this setting that Jesus spoke about the darkness of not knowing God. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. See, the light has come into the world. And you see, it's a terrible judgment on this world. And I've got the words up on the screen here. If we look back to chapter 3, verse 19, here are the words of Jesus again. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who hates, everyone who does, does evil hates the light. And whoever does, who, and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, friends, in Jesus, his coming and in his words, the light has come. Jesus invites us to come into the light, not to scurry away into the dark corners, but come into the light. So his invitation for us this morning is really simple. He actually says to us, just come into the light. Come to him. Come to him very simply and say, I believe you, I want to follow you, I want to walk in the light, I don't want to walk in the darkness forever, I want to walk in the light forever and ever. I want to pray for us and we'll see if you've got any questions. Let's pray. Father, your words are, um, uh, Jesus, your words are powerful for us this morning and your invitation, though, is full of grace and mercy. Lord, we know that that, uh, this world is full of darkness and we know, Lord, that the only way that things can be made right with us and you is to believe in your son, Jesus. Lord, we, we, we pray that we would know you and that that experience of, of the darkness of not knowing you would not be ours. Lord, please help us not be like those Pharisees. Um, and Lord, thank you for your, your grace and mercy to us. Thank you that you revealed yourself to us in the Lord Jesus. And thank you for your word today. Amen.